You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. It is officially postseason time in the NBA. And for the Knicks, that means a game one matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Saturday at 6 p.m., the Knicks close the regular season on Sunday with a loss to the Indiana Pacers at home. New York finished the season with a record of 47-35. and 35, Good enough to earn a fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. That is a 10-win improvement from the previous season so definitely a step in the right direction for the Knicks after a very disappointing 2022 campaign the Cavs meanwhile finished their season with a 51 and 31 record a seven win improvement from the previous season their uh, season wrapped up on Sunday also with a loss to the Hornets both teams rested their stars in the season finale as they were just kind of gearing up for this game so I want to take this conversation to kind of maybe take a step back and look back at what we've seen from the Knicks this season um, how were they able, Tommy, in your eyes, to exceed expectations, get that 10-win uh, improvement? A lot of the over-under numbers in Vegas for the season was setting them around 38, 39 wins. For them to reach 47, definitely a big accomplishment. How were they able to do that? Yeah, I think you got to start with Jalen Brunson, obviously. I mean, he was the, the big free agent acquisition. Um, really, other than Hardenstein, all the rotation players were on the, the, the this prior season's roster. Um, so obviously the, the addition of Brunson and obviously he exceeded expectations in terms of points per game and, you know, efficiency and all that other stuff. Um, but that doesn't even, you know, capture the, the real true impact that he had on this team, had on this locker room, had in practice sessions, had in film sessions. Um, you know, everyone you talk to on the team, you know, to a man, um, has nothing but, uh, you know, glowing things to say, your coaching staff, front office players, um, about the, just the immediate impact Jalen Brunson had, and it manifested itself in the win total, um, the competitiveness of the team, um, obviously, you know, top five in the league in offensive efficiency, um, you know, can be directly attributed to that. So while, um, there was a lot of other important pieces and, you know, and, and, and Randall deserves a ton of credit for having a huge bounce back season. We'll talk yep. about IQ um, going yeah. from, you know, really emerging as, you know, the likely six man, the potential six man of the year. Um, Grimes establishing himself as a solid NBA starting shooting guard. The addition of Josh Hart at the deadline, um, the, the two headed monster, Mitchell Robinson playing the best best of his career. Isaiah Harden seen a very competent backup forming, you know, arguably the best one to um, punch, um, at the center and backup center position, um, all those things are, are should all be weighed and, and factored into, um, you know, the totality of a 47 win season. But if we yep. are talking about one particular player, um, I think Brunson gets the, the lion's share of credit from that respect. Totally agree. Can't can't dis- dispute or refute anything regarding Jalen Brunson being the, the main reason for the Knicks being able to exceed those expectations. Um, you know, it, it's crazy that, you know, we talked for now almost two decades how much of a 
weakness the Knicks point guard position was. And to see them have um, well above average, I mean, good to elite level point guard play and what that meant for this team and what, and what it meant for this franchise and how it just changed things on the dime just shows you what we've been saying for a long time is how important the point guard position is in the NBA. If you don't have one, you're basically playing with your hand tied behind your back. And that's what Nick's been doing for some time. So what Jalen Brunson has been able to do, obviously a big piece. But I think uh, another piece I think I don't want to get lost in the shuffle with this Nick season is the team's great job of development of their young players and embracing their young players and getting these guys real minutes. We've talked about Quentin Grimes and his insertion into the starting lineup. I mean, it's crazy to think that to start the season. That was a, a very debated question. I mean, Evan Fournier was the starting shooting guard coming out of training camp. Uh, it's something that was mind-boggling to me. It was maddening to me. But Evan Fournier was starting. Uh, Derek Rose was getting uh, key minutes still. And, you know, Cam Reddish was here. He's a young player, obviously. But Cam Reddish was here. And a lot of the guys that Knicks had drafted, some of the guys that they had, should have been prioritizing, really weren't getting the kind of minutes that they should have been. Ike, he was not getting the kind of minutes he should have been. Uh, McBride was, of course, buried under the bench. Uh, Quentin Grimes was getting very limited minutes coming off of the foot injury he dealt with in training camp. And to see how those guys have improved over the course of this season, the Knicks don't get to 47 wins if they don't see that jump. If they're still playing – you know, Rose and, and Fournier, I don't want to bang on those guys. Those guys are great professionals, and there's nothing, no beef at all for me from saying that. But if they're still playing those guys, uh, April 11th, as we record this podcast, I don't think you're talking about the Knicks in the fifth seat for sure. You're probably talking about them playing in a play-in, maybe, and, and they're probably playing against the, team, the, the Bulls or the, or the Raptors. They're probably the ninth or tenth team in the situation. I mean, that this whole season turned when the rotation changed, so. Um, that's a credit to, to this organization, credit to the front office, credit to Thibodeau for understanding that that had to happen for sure. And the development that we've seen in season of these players also a major credit to Thibodeau and his coaching staff because Emmanuel quickly going from basically uh, nowhere on the on the on the stratosphere, nowhere on the he wasn't on the map when it came to uh, six man of the year candidates. And now comes in as we enter this postseason as the favorite to win the award. I mean, again, Quentin Grimes, we talked about how he's been shooting the ball so incredibly well of late. You've seen uh, McBride come in, in and out of the rotation. Doesn't matter if he's playing or playing or not. He's always ready to play. He's always ready to defend. Like, be, these guys being put into the rotation. Jericho Sims giving these team, these guys quality minutes when guys like uh, 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 Mitchell Robinson had gone down. Like, I do want to make sure that that is something that is noted in terms of the importance of those guys and how that helped Knicks get to this next level. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, again, it, it, in, in speaking, I think the front office, again, deserves a lot of credit for trading away Alex Burks and Nerland's Noel yeah. and, and not re-signing Taj Gibson and those type of things where, um, you know, almost forced Tibbs' hands in, in certain respects. Yeah. Like he just didn't have those guys that he was comfortable with leaning on. Um, and as a result, we saw um, increased, you know, playing time for uh, Emmanuel quickly, you know, instead of, you know, being on the bench behind Alex Burks the second half of last season. Um, obviously, a ton more minutes for Quentin Grimes. Um, and, and, you know, so th those are things that are all there. And, um, you know, you mentioned starting point guard position. And again, it, it's worth noting. Um, here's the starting point guards in opening night, starting point guard, 2011, Tony Douglas, 2012, Ray Felton, 2013, Pablo Prigioni, 2014, Shane Larkin, 2015, Jose Calderon, 2016, D Rose, 2017, Ramon Sessions, 2018, Trey Burke, 2019, Alonzo Trier, 
2020 Alfred Payton, 2021 the skeleton of Kemba Walker, and then you bring in and, and then you bring in and Jalen Brunson, and, and the the change is is so dramatic um, and and so incredible. Um, so yeah, so so all those things certainly factor in, um, and and finally having somebody to captain the ship on the floor, um, and Jalen Brunson has done that um, again, incredibly important. You know, hearing that list of journeyman point cards reminded me of like seeing the list of, you know, Cleveland Browns quarterbacks over the last 20 some odd years. I mean, that it's kind of odd, you know, I think partly because like the Knicks have had um, so many issues for the last 20 years. Like, I feel like, you know, amongst Knicks fans, they've talked a lot about the point guard, but I don't think that's really been talked about like amongst like the rest of the NBA kind of world, the national scene in terms of what's been wrong with the organization. Point guard doesn't get meant didn't get mentioned nearly as much. And I think that's why those that were very skeptical of the Brunson um signing, I think that's why they missed the boat so much, I think, because they didn't understand how much um again good to great point guard play would change everything for this team. And that's what we've seen this season. So I thought this was something interesting. Um we heard from RJ Barrett uh today as we record this cloud because of Tuesday, because you know, there are great feels with this team. A lot of people are excited about this team, but there are some fans that are scarred from what happened back uh, in 2021 when the We Are Here, We Here Knicks team, uh, you know, got the fourth seed, home field advantage, Atlanta comes in, and Draper kind of burns down the garden. Like, there are some people that are concerned, saying, hey, we've seen this movie before. Like, why should we believe in this team as opposed to 2021? Here's what Archie Barrett had to say on that. I think uh, just one us having that experience already uh it, it helps um as well as just continuing to work and we're we're a lot better than you know we were like you know the guys that are on this team that that were in that playoff run we've all grown and we've all gotten better so that what that helps um like i said the experience helps and just then guys that we have now you know, in addition you know things been been working well and we just been getting better as a team so i think uh, i think we'll be okay so RJ there says that we're a better team. The players that were there are better from that experience. They've gotten better individually, and they've added guys since then that make this team different than the 2021 team that struggled in the first round. I, I think he's right. I 100% agree. I think that if you're a Knicks fan that's concerned about what happened in 2021, that the team are, are frauds, I think you got to stop living in the past. I think that this is a team that if they don't win, it's not going to be because all oh, this team are frauds. I think they're playing against a team that, quite frankly, may be more talented than Atlanta Hawks team that they played two years ago. But this Knicks team is also way more talented than uh, the Knicks team that played that Hawks team in 2021. So uh, what do you think makes this Knicks team different from the 2021 team in your eyes? Or do you think there's big, a big difference? <laughs> there's a huge difference. Two words. <laughs> Alfred Payton, you know, that was, yeah. that, that was the next starting point guard those first two games um, who's out of the NBA and was, was out of the NBA shortly thereafter. Um, uh, no, Nerlens Noel started at uh, center for, for, yeah. that, for that next team. Taj Gibson averaged 27. I'm looking at it right now. 27.6 minutes per game that series. Reggie Bullock, 32.5 minutes. Derek Rose, 35 minutes. Um, you know, and, and Rose played well, you know, so this is not to knock, uh, you know, Bullock or Rose or, but, but Alfred Payton, you know, wasn't a quality starting point guard in the NBA as, as, as evidenced by the fact that he was out of the starting lineup and, and the rotation completely by the end yeah. of the series. Um, having a healthy Mitchell Robinson starting at center backed up by Isaiah Hardenstein is a little bit better. And we all love Taj Gibson is better than yep. the, 
than the combo of Taj yeah. Gibson and Nerlens Noel. Um, replacing uh, Alfred Payton with with Jalen Brunson is, is, I mean, come on, it's it's leaps and bounds. Um, and that's not even getting into the bench. Um, right. You know, the combo of IQ, heart, Obi Toppin, um, you know, all those players, um, you know, just the what's kind of incredible is I'm just looking at the, those those series minutes now and Obi averaged 13.1 minutes. That was his rookie year. He may yeah. he may play less in his third season. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. Right? Um, it, it that's coming off of how wait, 34 in the, in the finale against Indiana. And yep. And that's after he averaged, you know, 25, five and five in the, in the last five games or so. But um, yeah, but uh, listen, to your point, the, the Cavs are far more talented than that Atlanta Hawks team was. Um, and the Knicks certainly can get beat. There, odds are um, uh, that that you know Vegas has them installed as a pretty significant. Uh, uh, you know that the Cavs as a favorite. Um, their last I saw, I think was minus two ten. Um, basically, the implied odds are sixty seven percent chance of the Cavs winning the series. Um, you know, so so yeah, I, I, that that's kind of is what it is, which which makes sense. I mean, they have a very talented roster um, with a you know all NBA shooting guard, and and you know, and, and the Knicks have their own you know. Issues. I th- I think it's a lot closer than 50-50. We'll talk about it as as the series goes on. Um, but yes. yes, listen. There's you know New York fans are going to be naturally pessimistic. They you know <laughs> New York teams haven't had a lot of success here. Certainly the Knicks haven't had a lot of success. Um, the last time they got to this point, um, the last time they got in the dance, they 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 tripped and stumbled and and were eliminated yes. within five games. Um, and again, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if they get eliminated in five close games. Uh, this season, um, you know, the Cavs are just that talented, but again, it, it won't, but, but make no mistake that this team is far more talented and the future is far brighter than it was in 2021. Yeah. 2021, it was like, uh, you know, that was a ragtag group of guys, guys on one year deals, guys who, you know, were kind of on their last legs. Like, you know, Alec Burks, like he was a guy where if he didn't play well that season, you might've been out of the league. You know, you mentioned Alfred Payton, you know, he was next year, basically, you know, living on the Phoenix Suns bench before he eventually yep. was uh was jettisoned away. Now he's out of the league. Like that was a different team. Neuro's well essentially out of the league right now. Like it, it was an entirely different team. Those guys played extremely hard. They played extremely yes. motivated and they bought in. And it does show you that you know if a team can buy into a coach's philosophy and they go out there and play hard every night, they can rack up wins in the regular season. That's what that's yes. Yes. Um this is this is a different this is a different animal. Um, yes. Again, you got Jalen Brunson, who's a legit star at the point guard. You got Julius Randle, who now doesn't have the pressure of having to do everything like he was in that first year. And now he can kind of have that pressure alleviated by a player like uh, like Brunson. That uh, goes a long way. And then like RJ mentioned, like those all those young guys you're talking about, all of them are much better than they were. I mean, the biggest one being Emmanuel Quickly. I mean, Quickly was, you know, a spark plug, really nice player at that rookie season he had. But I mean, his efficiency, his defense, um, his uh, his his uh, his passing, his his floor leadership, like everything is so exponentially better. Um, so, like when you look, and then not to mention, you know, Josh Hart replaces someone like you know a Bullock, something like that. Like, I mean, it's it's night and day some of these changes. So, yeah, they, they, this is a much better team, and I think that this is a team that is younger, uh, more athletic, and I think that would be more up to the challenge of playing in this first round matchup. I definitely feel that way. Yeah. And, and also you make a good point in the regular season, you can win games on effort and yep. preparedness and, and hunger, yep. and, you know, and you can kind of eke out those wins, especially in that short in 2021 season coming off. The yeah, exactly. it was all, it was all jumbled. Yeah, guys were missing games because of 
COVID and yeah. The Knicks were inc- incredibly lucky health wise uh, that season, mm-hmm. unlike many teams. Um, so yeah, that that game is that team is is far. This team has has you know even with Randall sitting out the last um, how many of her games and Brunson sitting out the you know multiple you know for multiple stretches yeah. and games in the second half of the season. Um, I, I, the talent is is night and day. Um, and you know not to mention the starting lineup, which is guys coming off the bench. Um, again, the, the, and we'll talk about it. You know, in the, in this in the previewing the series, um, that's where the Knicks can, if they are going to win the series, I think that's going to be a major fact at the start of the second quarter, start of the fourth quarter. Um, while it, while the Cavs are incredibly talented, um, you know, one through five, one through six, Knicks can take advantage um, when those second units are on the floor. Now, I asked the question uh, uh, to start this podcast, and I asked the question again: What's so good about Cleveland? What is so good about Cleveland? I mean, it's in a serious uh, manner because. Like we 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 have a Cleveland Cavaliers team that won 51 games. We know Donovan Mitchell very well, unfortunately, because of what happened over the summer, and we followed him over the course of the season where he's had probably the best season of his career. Um, Evan Mobley could be one of the finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Darius Garland, a very talented point guard, former All Star from the year before. Jared Allen used to play in Brooklyn, played in the city. Another former All Star. Uh, who are these Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers? What do Nick fans? have to look forward to or be worried about coming into this series started doing the preview for my newsletter um on monday so i was you know digging mm-hmm. in the numbers and this is a really good team man like yep. I, I know i know casual you know and, you know nick fans you know like that that even even fans that are you know heavily invested in the nba um you know names like evan mobley and and, and even you know the jared allens and isaac okoros and, and darius yep. garland familiar with them we know mitchell of course um, but the way they play together, well-coached team by Bickerstaff, um, and and first and foremost, these guys defend, man, like like yeah. really at a very high level. Um, and, and then you watch tape, and it's and it's 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 stunning, uh, you know how how well they they cover space and challenge shooters, and the and the proofs in the pudding. First in the NBA in opponents point per game, only team in the NBA average, you know that that allows fewer than 107 points per contest. Um, first in the NBA in defensive rating, only team yep. in the NBA allowing fewer than 110 points per 100 possessions held team uh, held teams under 100 points 24 times this season um you know in today's nba that that says a, an awful lot um second in the nba net rating um b- basically you know powered by this by this defense but they're also quality shooting they had this, the second highest field percentage in franchise history this season um obviously uh devin uh, um, donovan mitchell's the, the head of the snake in that respect but um uh, darius garland is also an incredibly talented offensive player player um and you know uh, you know the Cavs are, are one of just three teams uh, the the Sixers and the Celtics being the other two to rank in the top 10 in the NBA in both offensive and defensive efficiency they were eighth in the NBA in offensive efficiency at, at 115.5 points per game um when 17 the other thing is you know e- even when they get down they can come back 17 wins this season um when trailing by at least 10 points um so I I think that could kind of be a theme as you'll see you know the, the Cavs race ahead and get out to a a a, 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 a big lead Knicks will come back and fight it off if the Knicks get out ahead they're going to let the Cavs back in the game um you know it's, it's going to be a game of runs um and and the Cavs have shown that well so yeah um you know we can kind of get into specifics and we'll do a little bit today and more and more yeah. as the week drags on um but just looking in totality um this is a really talented team a very good team uh they play well both sides of the floor and uh when all guys are healthy we'll see if Isaac Okoro who's dealing with a knee injury um you know he's the, he's their starting small forward when healthy um he'll probably be tasked with guarding uh they'll probably put him on Jalen Brunson we'll talk about how that cross message cross matchups could impact the rest yeah. of the team and why I think because of that 
um, one of the two smaller guards is going to be, um, they're going to try to hide him on RJ Barrett, basically daring yeah. Barrett to shoot. Um, so we'll talk about all that stuff and, and we'll talk about how that'll impact it. Um, but make no mistake, big picture. This is not a, a team that lucked into the four seed. This, no. is, not a, this is not a one man show with, you know, you yeah. stop on the Mitchell, you're going to win the series. They have a ton of guys. They're coached. Well, they're unselfish. Um, they compete defensively a lot like the Knicks in certain respects. They don't have a, a top five player. They don't have a top 10 player in the NBA, but they have a lot of good pieces that perform well together. Um, good chemistry, good cohesion, especially on the defensive end. Um, and it's going to make it for It's going to make the Knicks. Um, if the Knicks are going to win this, series they're going to have to play their best basketball they can't um you know only play offense they can't you know get by by playing just good defense and missing shots Knicks are going to have to play as well as they played all season to knock this team off yeah this is going to be a tall task um and I think I love that you you really started with defense because I think for the people I don't want to call them like you know People don't follow or casual. Right. I think people will just kind of watch this team and kind of look at the roster and say, oh, okay, Donovan Mitchell, stats, offense, yep. you know, scoring. Yep. Yep. And they can score the ball, no question about that. But, I mean, their defense is borderline scary. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're first in the NBA in uh, three-pointers allowed in terms of fewest. Uh, first, second in the NBA in three-pointers made. So, good luck getting three-point shots up against this team. Um, good luck scoring around the rim against this team with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Uh, it's it's interesting because Garland and Mitchell have been maligned throughout their career for their defense. Yep. But the defense that they have created in Cleveland with those two bigs playing down low, and then the other guys that kind of come in, whether it's a Carl, whether it's Lamar Stevens, some of these other guys, like they have these other defenders that can kind of hide these guys, or they can kind of funnel um th- these star guards on other teams to these twin towers and they, they struggle and and what they do have maybe while they don't may not be you know big or strong they are quick so they can get out the shooters they can rotate really well as you mentioned so this is a extremely good defensive team which makes this matchup really interesting because the knicks are uh one of the best offensive teams in the nba which i think is surprising people when you think of tom Thibodeau teams but uh this is a team that is I think I saw the, the Nick Muse had it as the fourth best offensive rating in NBA history, which is kind of crazy to think about. But with the way the Knicks rebound, particularly how many offensive opportunities they get from the offensive class and the way they're able to be efficient in the half court, it, it presents a, a problem for a lot of teams. And what I expect to see in this series is a lot of doubling of Jalen Brunson. I thought what Biggerstaff said after the game, I think their finale game, when they talked about previewing the series, here's what he said about Jalen Brunson real quick. And uh, what he did to them the last time they played when he had 48. Game that Jalen Brunson had um, put us on high alert. And, you know, I think that's a good thing for us, um, you know, to have that appropriate fear of your opponent. Um, So, again, we'll use it. You know, we'll watch the film. We'll figure it out. And uh, we'll be better. That sounds like a guy who is not going to let Jalen Brunson beat them to me. That sounds like a guy who said, okay, we saw what Jalen Brunson can do. We know he's a bad man. We're not going to you know, disrespect him by playing him single coverage. So I think if if you're the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, that coaching staff, we know some of Thibodeau's greatest weaknesses throughout his career has been adjustments and making adjustments quickly. They have to adjust quickly to what happens when they force the ball out of Brunson's hands because that is definitely going to be plan A for Cleveland. And I look, I think Knicks will be able to get good shots uh, if they do that. You know, they saw they tried to do it a little bit in the second half 
of that game they played a couple weeks ago. Obviously, you're playing a team is not as much, you know, preparation as a game like, you know, game one. But they tried to do it a little bit, and we saw Nick got some great shots, and Grimes had a big game. A lot of other guys had, had, had went off in that game. Um, the Knicks got to be ready for that. And, and it means that these other ancillary pieces beyond Brando have to be ready to shoot and have to be ready to score. You mentioned R.J. Barrett. He's been a nightmare from behind the three. Uh, whether it's him deciding to take it to the basket or finding a way to make these shots, like these guys can't be ducks when they get the ball because I think Brunson's going to have to give it up a lot in this series. Absolutely. Uh, I will note that Okoro did not play in that 48-point game. Um, yes. And, and, and Bickerstaff did and- mention that. What was I was gonna say, I mean, he has he has a sleeve on his knee. I know he was shooting in practice. I don't think he was a full participant either, from what I saw today. So uh, he's also kind of up in the air. Uh, agreed. It's you know, and and understandably so. Neither Bickerstaff's gonna tell you how Coral doing. Right. Kim's not gonna tell you how Randall's doing. We'll talk about that in, in the next yeah. segment. Um, they're gonna be, you know, again, you know, if, you, if you're Tibbs, you want Bickerstaff and his and his staff to spend time preparing. If o, if Obi Coppin's gonna start game one, or if Julian Randall's gonna start game one, um, you know, you want to put that kind of uncertainty and, and make them dedicate time to something that they may not see. Um, yada yada yada. So uh, Caps will do the same. So. Um, uh, just as far as Okor is concerned, Bickerstaff did mention, you know, hopefully we'll get him back. It would be a big boost um, without saying he's coming back, hinting that if obviously if, if he's back, that's the guy that's going to be tasked with slowing down Jalen Brunson. So it, it certainly gives him more options. Um, and then, yeah, if, if but, I, but I agree with you. Um, clearly, um, as he mentioned, uh, that 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 48 point outburst was a wake up call. Um, and, you know, they're they're not going to, you know, they're ideally, you know, there's two schools of thought, though, and the Knicks will face the same thing. Do you throw two guys at, at Donovan Mitchell and prevent him right. from beating you single-handedly? Or do you let him get his 44 points and, and prevent anybody else from getting going? Um, you know, these are these are conversations that Nick fans have had for 30 years when, you know, for when do you, do you, yeah, you let Jordan yeah. get 55 and, and not let Pippen score and B.J. Armstrong get open shots and, and Steve Carr and John Paxson, et cetera. Um, you know, uh, it didn't work. Jordan always found a way. Um, and, and Donovan Mitchell certainly isn't on that level. Um, but these are conversations that you have and it'll be had after game one and after game two and when the guy's a bad game and, um, you know, these are the type of adjustments. But yeah, um, and again, we'll talk about it more in depth. Um, but um, the the uh, it's why me uh, and uh, I'll, uh, you know, just it's kind of thinking ahead. It's, it's why R.J. Barrett to me is the X factor in the series. Um, if they're going to double team Brunson, um, you know, then, then Randall's going to get more shots. But again, you're not going to let a guy that, you know, the team's leading scorer, the, you know, Jill, uh, Julius Randall, 25 points, get easy looks either, you know, night right, in, night out. Exactly. My, my, I suspect they will dare and put up a big sign and say, R.J. Barrett, we are daring you to shoot shoot three-pointers. Um, Barrett shooting 22% over the last month from downtown. Really struggled with his shot, with his confidence. Um, does Barrett take those threes? Can he make them? Or does he use that um, distance and that, and that and that spacing as a red carpet into the lane, get right. get to the basket, um, and, 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 you know, make things happen that way, create shots for himself, create shots for his teammates, bully ball. You know, if he's got a smaller defender on him, be it, you know, Mitchell or Garland, um, can he get those guys in foul trouble? Can he post up, uh, work the high post, work the low post um, where he's comfortable operating from um, and at least make those guys work on the defensive end even better if he can draw foul, uh, foul trouble. Because as we talked about, one of the biggest advantages the Knicks have is their depth. Um, if Brunson gets in foul trouble or, you know, is not as effective, IQ comes in. Um, if Grimes or or or, uh, or Barrett is struggling, Hart comes in and he's, and he's 
probably an upgrade over both those guys or can be on any given night. Um, whereas the, whereas the, if the Cavs go to the bench um, and Garland's not effective, but Garland has two fouls, you know, in the first seven minutes, um, then, then you, then you have to rely on Ricky Rubio um, or, or uh, Neto, um, you know, Karis yeah. LeVert to play some point, but you know, the point, point being um, that the Knicks, one of their greatest strength is depth. Um, whereas the Cavs, it's not the case. So all, all that stuff will be factored in. And that's what makes um, playoff series so fascinating, you know, night after night, uh, quarter after quarter, adjustment to adjustment. Um, it, it's why it's so much fun. I love the playoffs. Love it. It's just, it's like a soap opera. It's yep. like a, it was like watching a movie. Um, yep. the, the twist and turn changes. So many things will happen over the course of this series. It won't be yeah, fun, it, but it'd be, it, yeah. It, 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 it's it's like you know we're we're spoiled nowadays because the show will drop on Netflix and you can binge you know twelve straight hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back in the day, you'd have to Thursday night you'd have to watch a show, then wait till the next Thursday night. That's what his playoff series is. You know, game one, yeah. got to wait seventy two hours for game two. We can talk about it. We can yeah. rehash it. We can preview. We can Monday morning quarterback, but we still have to wait. You know, there's no spoiler alerts like you watched it. Now we get you just have to the next one. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's my favorite time of the year. I love the NBA playoffs. My favorite, I mean, obviously, that's my favorite sport, but it's my favorite postseason by far. So the fact that the Knicks are in it and they have a really competitive matchup here in the first round should be a lot of fun. Knicks, Cavs, 6 p.m. Saturday in Cleveland.